0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Charge Art Games Cast. Uh, I'm your host, Ben A.K. the Marvelous Ziggy. Joining me is and this time only, Tyler.
1: Hey man, we've had a solo show once before. We talked about how much of a goober Luke was. Exactly. Can't believe it's been that long. So apologize, guys, there will be
0: no live show. Unfortunately, Justin was uh helping his wife. Uh, with a PC, and unfortunately, I think he damaged a pin in his PC, so he, that part he needed to get in was not coming until Wednesday, so he was out, um, and so rather than cancel the show, we're just going to do an offline stream, an offline episode for you guys, so no no live stream video shenanigans this time. It might be a short episode too, just because it's the two of us, but who knows, maybe once Todd and I talk about King of Fighters, um, it, it'll be a long one, um, so just brace for that, sorry if you if you... The kind of person who likes long commutes, likes to listen to the show, I apologize for this week. It'll back to normal. Should be back to normal next week. So, Tyler, it's been a busy week. What have you been playing? Uh,
1: when it comes to gaming stuff, not a whole lot. Um, i just spend uh, spending most of the week just preparing for uh, the new move. Um, my, uh, uh, my older sister, her husband, and I are uh, moving to a new place that is literally down the street from where i currently am uh our landlady is kind enough to uh sell us a house around the general area and we walked it earlier today and place is big like the bedroom that i'm gonna have is not only on the second floor which is a general upgrade from what i have now but the room is also bigger and i can um Actually, plug into a wire connection, so there won't be any more Discord delay between us, and editing will be much easier because of it. Um, Hell yeah! So yeah, um, by next week, I will probably be all moved in, and uh, it's going to be hype. There's going to be a new background uh, that you'll see me in the game, Games Cast proper, as well as um, my own streams, which I have been doing recently, and I'll talk about that in a minute. And, uh, it's gonna be cool. Uh, aside from that, the actual gaming I have done, um, I've been streaming Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel as of late. Uh, you can check that out every Sunday evening at 7pm Central Standard Time, or 8, whichever I feel like. And, uh, this week, I was playing against our good buddy Low, aka Nero the Hero. Um, and we had some fun-ass duels. Like, there were shenanigans to be had. Um... I also edited a highlight video uh, for the first toodles that we did that night, and it's pretty fun. Uh, I had a lot of fun cobbling that one up, and um, it pretty much focuses on me using this incredibly gimmicky but also meme uh, deck strategy, which is called Pac-Man. And if you <laughs> don't know, Pac-Man is an acronym which stands for Pure Advantage Camel Munches All Noobs. And the main mascot of the strategy is a monster called Deslacuda, which seems like a weak monster on the surface, you know, having only 500 attack and being level 3, but if he's a face down and is flipped face up, he lets you draw a card, and a whole bunch of other monsters in the deck do the same thing, except they have different effects, like destroying monsters, destroying cards, doing damage... It is just a wonderful deck designed specifically to troll your opponents, and it is fascinating how well Lowe responded to everything. It definitely made a hell of a highlight reel, that's for sure. Um, I also um, dabbled a bit with Skull Servants, which is another gimmicky deck. Um, That'll be in the beginning of the next highlight video. and we had some real duels uh, from there on. Uh, there was a particularly great moment uh, in the second to last match, where I got freaking outed by one of Lowe's plays and got completely decimated. Uh, he definitely he uh, clipped it, and it's awesome. Go check that shit out. It's it's great. Um, I'm really excited that uh, he's uh, improving in the game, and I actually have um, someone to regularly duel against uh, online. And yeah, that's all fun and dandy. Aside from that, I played a little bit more of King of Fighters fifteen. I've been dabbling a bit with um, my main team of uh, Terry, Mai, and King. Um, I've also been playing around with Shermi, who is pretty much the unconventional grappler of the roster. Um, normally, you would associate grappling characters as the big guy, like Zangief or Wolf Hawkfield or anyone like that. But Shermi, she looks like that. She looks like a supermodel and um she just throws your ass all around like Brock Lesnar or something. And she's actually kinda of fun. Like she's got um she's got unblockable command grabs, she has hit command grabs, she can grab you while you're in the air. It's just really fun stuff. I don't usually play graphical characters, craps. but yeah. yeah, it was actually really intuitive once I figured stuff out. And uh yeah, that's pretty much it for me on my end. Yeah, uh I guess I'll talk about King of Fighters
0: so we can kind of keep that conversation. Um so I since we initially started playing like I was worried with this game that I wouldn't know who I wanted to play cuz it's 39 characters. That's a that's a lot. Yeah. Even if this roster is some is I think is smaller than base 14 was, um I think that the the amount of variety of characters in here is definitely something to be compelled by and I was surprised at how quickly I found three characters who gelled with me because I, I didn't want to play the stalwarts I like part of me like when I'm coming to a new franchise that I've heard about I don't want to play like the known ones I don't want to play that means I didn't want to play Kyo I don't want to play Ke- uh, Iori. I definitely didn't want to play Terry because it's just like, of course, of course, the new guy plays Terry because he probably played Terry in Smash Brothers. Yeah. So I didn't want to play Terry. Terry's fun. Terry's great, but I didn't want to play Terry. I wanted to play somebody that I've never played before. Yeah, and that's um, a good perspective. Yeah, and so like for me, initially my team was Chris, who is part of Team CYS. Is that their official team name? I think Team CYS. Uh-huh. Uh, it was officially it team... called
1: Team the New Faces in 97, but they renamed okay. themselves Team Orochi because they pretty much uh, revealed themselves as a death cult uh, from that game forward. When well, I look at these three. Okay, for instance, Team
0: CYS is is Chris, Yamazaki, Chris, Chris and, Yash- and Shurmi. Chris
1: Yashiro and Shirmy.
0: Yeah, and Shirmy, which is the, ty- the character Tyler was talking about. And like when you look at these characters, yeah, I think death cult. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> KLF's crazy. If there's one thing I've learned by watching videos about KLF, KLF's lore and characters is crazy. It's pretty out um, there. But I like Chris's mobility. But something about him wasn't gelling. I don't know if it's because his normals were too stubby for me. So I was like, okay, Chris is the maybe, and he was always my point. Um, after that, I of co- like I ha- like. I, the second I saw Luong in the when they sold her for fifteen, because I knew she was a thing in fourteen, but I didn't really too pay, pay much attention to fourteen. Uh, the second I saw Luong, I was like, in fifteen, I was like, please don't let me play her, please don't make me be cliche and play Luong. And here I am having the time of my life playing Luong. Um, she's got really long legs. Uh, I I'm actually having getting some nice basic like simple combos down. Uh, mostly like light, light, in the soup, into into EX,
1: and then following up with something else after that. She's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, she has the scariest t- uh, crouching uh, heavy kick in the entire game. Like, no one has that kind of range. Yeah, her, like, it, it really reminds, her normals,
0: it's, it's, I shouldn't compare it to, but the, this is probably the closest I'm going to get to Chun-Li in terms of this, because if you feel like yeah. if you play Street Fighter, if you play any kind of Street Fighter, Chun-Li's normals are, like, what make her good for the most part, like, just how long reach they are and how, like, it's hard to recover, how, how to, hard to, um, uh, react to any of them. And I feel like, while Luang isn't on the level of Chun-Li, I feel like that's the closest I can get, um, and it just feels comfortable. Plus, she looks cool, um, and I like a lot of her animations and stuff like that. It, oh, it doesn't yeah. help. I haven't done her, I haven't done her super in-game, but the fact that she literally asses the camera, she gives the cheeks to the camera, that doesn't hurt, but for now, I like there's something about her that just gels with me both visually, stylistically, and combat wise. Um, it also helps um, that um, she's uh,
1: one of the only uh, characters that came from 14 that's actually aesthetically pleasing. Because if you look at some of the new faces in that game, there are some stalwarts that aren't incre- ve- very. Eh. They're kind of eh. That's the point I'm coming across. Like I, the I don't, don't really eyeball chick. Them. Uh, There's the bug-eyed uh, criminal dude. I, me- I remember that one. Um, I remember that one. Uh, I remember some of them,
0: uh, but I don't remember enough of them. And obviously, they didn't leave the impact that um, uh, maybe SNK helped. But hey, Luong's here, so uh, I think that maybe that's all that matters. So, uh, and lastly, my anchor is Ralph and... I- I, was, I would never have looked at Ralph. Normally, I don't like playing big dudes because I associate big dudes with being slow and monotonous. And Ralph's not any of that. He's actually pretty quick for his size. And he just punches shit. He punches shit really hard. He's very simple to play. And as somebody who's new to the game, I think that's great. Um, like, I don't... Like, if I can beat you by punching you because you fucked up, that's not my fault. You played a high-execution character to do, like... 100 hits and then do dex of damage. Or I could do that in half that. That's your fault for not picking that character. Uh, But so far he's a lot of fun. His standing heavy punch is ridiculously fast. Like for like a normal. Like for a normal it's dumb. I always start the round off just to catch with it. Because at least from my eyes. It doesn't seem like um, you can catch it. Like like you have to see it. You have to know that I'm doing it. And most people don't know that I'm doing it. And if they do know I'm doing it. They backdash. They don't punish so I was hoping around run with that, but like he, he has really good specials. He, it feels really good to cancel with him, and he just looks cool. He's just this big dude. He's basically Rambo, but like with a little bit more personality. I just like him, and I liked and I like this team. So after kind of playing with Chris, going to train him up with him, I was just like, I'm not feeling him. Maybe I need more practice with Chris. So I was like, I, let me put somebody else. And I was looking around, and I saw Team Art of Fighting, which is... Um,
1: Rio, uh, Robert,
0: and King. And King, there you go, exactly, and I saw Robert, because I was going to pick uh, Ryo, because like I like the karate of he'd be distinctly visual different from the other characters, but when I saw Robert in the suit, and the fact that he pretty much does with what Kyo does, but like slightly different I don't even know what the difference is between the two characters to be honest with you um, Other than, oh, uh, Robert has like a full screen fireball, versus Ryo has like the Dan Hibiki fireball, or rather Dan Hibiki <laughs> They, they like, I don't know how it was the older S and K games, but his fireball does not go full screen unless you like exit or something like that. Um, so I picked I picked Robert, and Robert feels like I'm playing Street Fighter because he has a DP, he has Tatsu's, he has Hadokens. It's like okay, I I could easily play this character, and he has he has the best part. He has a dive kick. This motherfucker has a dive kick that you can that will bounce you if you do an EX move, which is like oh yes. Beautiful, I love this, um, and I've played some online matches. And most, I'm two and eleven right now. But the fact that I have two wins, um, and usually for the most part, um, uh, like I'm hanging in there. Sometimes I'll get bodied. Like sometimes I'll, I'll. I I now know the dangers and how annoying Athena is. Good yes. lord, this character, Psycho psychoball, psychoball, teleport, teleporto, teleporto, psychoball. It's just that over, over and again. I'm not gonna complain about you know, running away, because that's her, that's her play style, that's, that is what that character does, but damn, I won't be mad if, if I won't say it's not annoying, though.
1: Yeah, she's designed specifically to get under your skin, that is the type of character archetype that Athena is. Yeah,
0: um, I, I even, and I, like, besides that, the other, like, problem character I can see that I've had, actually, the three problem characters, her, um, who's the blue-haired chick, Kula?
1: Right, um, the ice de- chick.
0: Yeah, Kula Diamond. Yeah, her, oh my god, fuck her. I swear to god, I hate this character so much. Yeah, um, she's not great. Her, uh, she's annoying is what she is. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to fight against her. Um, a lot of keep away, a lot of her normals are really long. I don't like her special moves because there's like hat, like a third of the screen. It's ridiculous. Uh, besides that, it's Elizabeth who like, oh my god, all it takes is one an Elizabeth player... To get one hit on you, and she's doing that rainbow uppercut shit like three times around I'm like, how is that legal? That can't be legal. Why is that legal? Where's the referee? Um, But overall, I
1: think...
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't spend... Thank you. you, Again, thank you for the gift. Um, uh, Overall, I'm having a lot of fun with KOF 15. I think there's some... There are confirmed matchmaking issues on the PC version, which I think SNK has said they are um, going to fix... But for now, I, like sometimes it, it took it'll take like way too long to find a match, and I'm like, this game has a lot of people playing right now. It should not be the even with PC only, it should not be this difficult to find a match. So hmm. I think there's something going on with the uh, there's something going on with the matchmaking itself. So hopefully they will um, they will fix it. Um, besides besides that, um, uh, I uh, we started Final Fantasy Six Pixel Remaster last Wednesday on my stream and. I was already looking forward to it. And now that I get to see the up-pick... Because I haven't bought any of these Pixel Remasters. I've mostly been waiting for 6. And honestly, I'm waiting for the Switch ports. God. Uh, these these games are begging to. to be on... Yeah, the- I think they're, they're going to happen. Square likes money. They're going to happen. That's true. Um, uh, like, these are doing too well to not put them on console. If they do that Square, it just proves that Square is just idiots. Um, but I we started it up, and the, number one... Because I... Like, it's, and I think this is ultimate testament of, like, you see a game, like, via screenshots, something, it's it's like, okay, that looks cool, but once you get a game in front of you, and you get to see it, it's it's like, that's when I appreciated 6, uh, 6 uh, Pixel Remastered, because it feels like a brand new game, um, with how it looks, but it also stays true to, um, what the visuals were before, but, like, there's so many quality of life features that I like to it, um... Um, the, the one that notably, uh, got to me the most was, uh, so a little bit of the ways in you, uh, you meet the character of Sabin who he has a special ability where he has to do blitz commands to do attacks and they can be back forward back attack or X or whatever. But the problem was in the older versions, it, it doesn't tell you what those blitzes are. I think you can look it up within the, you can look it up within the game, but you effectively have to memorize them, um, or look it up online and stuff like that. So, uh, what I did, uh, that's what I did you know, when I played 6 previously. In this version, they tell you what the inputs are right at the start, Ooh. and I love, I love that. That was like, yes! Hell yes! Like That that instantly made it that much better. Um, I didn't even know you could suplex that early in the game. Like, I didn't know you had that. I never knew you had that blitz command. All I thought you had was like the Hadoken. Or the, uh, the Pummel Blast, but I did not know you had the, the Suplex that early. Um, so far I'm really enjoying it. Like, the, the biggest hit, the biggest upgrades are, like you said, the visuals and the music. The music is, like, on a whole different level. Like, Yo, I am geez. enjoying
1: those six remixes.
0: Yeah, it's, they're fantastic. It, may, it makes you can't, I can't wait to play more of the game, uh, honestly. Um, if I didn't want to, sh- if I, like, I'm kind of glad I'm only doing it once a week because it builds anticipation to looking to the next stream, but I'm really really happy with how it and it goes to show that when square wants to put time into something like they put time into this this is something that you can't just shit out um, you know this is this took effort and time and resources and people wanting this to make a good product and that's why I believe that these are these are coming they're gonna probably do like a, a bundle deal or something to put them on console um, and, and stuff like that like on they're gonna be a, if they want to make more money uh, they, they'll put it on PS4 or PS5. Xbox and Switch. Like it just uh if the if the Wii U shop wasn't closing down, I would say put it on Wii U two, put it on three D S. Put it on everything. Um uh, it's on phones. You can put it on everything. Um That's true. Uh besides that, um uh, that's uh I've I've beat Oli Ollie. Ollie Ollie World. Uh the game that I was I was gifted to be a birthday by our friend Lo who mentioned earlier. And that that game is you wanna talk about just pure high adrenaline platforming antics, it's it's OLI WORLD. And I really believe and you could some people could take this as a detriment to the game or not, but I think the game shines the best in the last world. Because and I said that because as you progress through each world, uh at certain intervals you'll learn new techniques. So like World 1, you learn how to do this, and in world two you'll learn how to do um, grinding In World 3 You learn how to do t- Spins And like Mid air spins And then also In that same world You learn how to do Grabs So the final world Is effectively putting All those skills To the test And getting the Highest scores possible Now you don't have to Get the highest score possible Like that's a thing You could shoot for But you can just Clear the course Like with basic shit If you want And I, I really Admire I really like that Like it gives players Who want that High score feeling But also people Who just want to do Basic shit Maybe platform their way Through the level they give them that too. It's a really mellow out, chill kind of game. Where like you, maybe you don't have a lot of time in your hands, but you know what, I'm gonna play some Ollie Ollie because I can just do it a, a course in like a minute or two, and um, it won't it take long, and I can look cool doing it. Um, and so when you, what happens is when you beat the game, you effectively unlock more challenges to unlock. So the the um, Uh, This the final mascot god will basically, at each previous level now has an additional challenge that you can aim for, and it's pretty much at this point, now it's go about going back to those stages that you beat earlier but now beating them with the techniques that you have picked up through the course of your game, and mastering those challenges as well, which I think that's, okay that's a good way to keep people busy, if they just want to play this game, you know? Yeah. Um... Yeah, and I think that uh, that's about it. I wanted to dive more into uh, triangle strategy, but I never found time. Or if I started to, um, uh, if I started to, I fell asleep because I was tired, and it could be long-winded at points. Um, but uh, uh, I, when the game comes out next, I think next week or so. So once that comes, I'm trying to at least beat the third chapter. That way, when the game comes out, I'm already in it. Uh, So I think I'll I'll talk more about Triangle Strategy when we uh, get there. So let's go ahead and then progress to the news. Again, this is going to be a shorter show, guys. We don't have Justin here taking up 20 minutes to talk about one thing.
1: (laughs) Probably talking about Metroid Dread all over again, but okay.
0: (laughs) Or he's building something with his 3D print. He's not going to listen to this so we can take pod shots. Um, Okay, so our first bit of news is that we get a first look at... At the upcoming PlayStation 2 VR headset. Um, so, Sony has offered the first look at, at, at a PlayStation 2 uh, to reveal their PlayStation blog. Haikishana uh, explained that the look of the PS VR 2 was inspired by the curved white and black look of the PS5, obviously, and its other peripherals, but the headset itself is designed to match the orb look of previously revealed Sense VR controllers, which themselves have to be updated to match the PS5 color scheme. Uh, nishina went to more specific detail saying that a key designed immersion is to the point where you almost forget you're using a headset and controller vr2 maintains a balanced weight and adjustable headband but uses a lens adjustment dial uh, a slimmer headset and a reduced rate the amount with, will the headset will include a vent to allow airflow to stop lens fogging as previously announced the headset will also include a motor to provide rumble feedback wow that's that's okay. Um, the adjustable scope and the headphone jack will remain in the same position as the original PSVR. We've now learned what the headset and controls look like. Uh, the PSVR two name confirmed and heard about Source game Horizon Call of the Mountain, which I I didn't see that. I'm opening up that link right now. Wow. Um, which is a Horizon VR game and there's some which that's that's really really cool. I mean that that to me says that um uh. There's actually a trailer, but let's we'll talk about that in a moment since we got time to speak it out. Um, so and in, there's even a chart, uh, a comparison. So uh, for here, while the ad goes away. Uh, so uh, in comparison, we're only comp- we'll compare like the PlayStation VR to the the PSVRs to each
1: other, not the Oculus, because like, yeah, like, I I only so- have the regular PSVR, so that's pretty much all I can go on. So uh, the pixel per i so it's two
0: thousand by tw- uh, two thousand by twenty forty per i versus the PSVR design sixty by ten eighty. So I'm guessing that's screen resolution. Um, both use OLED screens, which I can attest; those are great screens. Um, both do up to one hundred twenty hertz refresh rate. Uh, tracking uh, the PSVR two has inside tracking. Um, four built-in cameras Damn. versus the the, uh, the PSVR it uses the PlayStation camera, LEDs, and uh, accelerometers and gyroscopes—a little bit older technology. Um, PSVR2 supports eye tracking. PSVR does not, um, and it looks like the field of view is approximately ten degrees higher with PSVR2 having one hundred ten degrees uh, of viewing, a field of view versus uh, PSVR1 one is one hundred. Both have a headphone jack. Both are corded, um, and of course you need both the PS the consoles to run it. It's kind of a weird thing to put on your chart. Of course you need the console, um, and then um, you need the sense controllers uh, uh, to play it. But uh, uh, so it looks like you excu- like unlike PS4 VR where you could use the PlayStation Move that technology or the Dual Shock for the VR 2 you have to use these new controllers that come with the console. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, So before we talk about Horizon, um, what do you think about this PSVR 2 stuff,
1: Thomas? Or uh, Tyler, sorry. No, that's fine. Um, I do like this uh, look a bit more than the regular PSVR. Uh, I do own it, so I can attest that it is a big hulking monstrosity that is a bit cumbersome at points, if I ever do want to break the thing out. But... So kudos to uh, them uh, making the VR2 more aesthetically pleasing. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to feel, uh, if it actually is going to be more lightweight. Hopefully that is going to be the case. And uh, as for the new specs, uh, I am kind of excited to see what this does offer. Uh, from what little I've played with my own PSVR, what with uh, Batman VR and the Rick and Morty game, uh, there, there is some untapped potential here, and I do want to see how far the technology does go. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, I can't play VR because
0: it makes my head nauseous, but I do think the technology is cool. And speaking of cool, um, uh, God damn it, another fucking ad. So, in addition to this, they announced that, um, obviously, Horizon Forbidden West is on fire. Um, it's coming out of the gate swinging, even though now it seems like it's a forgotten game because of, uh, of, um, Elden, Elden Ring coming Ring. out right now. But it looks like now, um, they're putting out, uh, a AAA, uh, VR narrative game, um, which is called Horizon Call of the Mountain, which is a VR game within the Horizon universe. And holy shit. Like, this is, this is crazy. Like... I again, I don't. This is not going to make me buy a PSVR and a PlayStation Five, considering how expensive. And it's a very short trailer, but I think it's it says a lot uh, if you look at it. Um, the, uh, at least from the resolution I'm watching it at, it looks great. The frame rate's a little bit hoke, a little bit stuttering, a little bit. But the idea that like you're walking underneath this long neck machine, which you encounter in the first game, is really fucking cool.
1: Yeah, that is pretty cool. Although the jankiness is to be expected uh, from uh, what I experience in VR. It's just a little kink that uh, comes with the technology, I guess.
0: Yeah, Uh, and I think it's cool because VR is cool, but outside of Resident Evil Village, we haven't really had like a big AAA, not Village, a 7, like a big AAA VR game, and it looks like they're trying to do that. Uh, i don't know if VR is the right platform for something like this, considering how long it's to wear the headset, but if the quality headset is good, maybe it will be but this i'll have to see more it 's a very short trailer it doesn't it just shows you like you what you're dealing with and it's it's kind of hard with like trailers like these because like you need to put the helmet on to understand what you're looking at
1: yeah it's one of those uh things where you have to actually experience it rather than just see it, but I do love the ambition I do love the ambition.
0: In- but- Speaking of ambition, let's talk about Near Automata, um, and apparently Near Automata is getting a anime adaptation. Dang, everything's um, getting
1: an anime these days.
0: Yeah, the Near. apparently there was a, uh, there was a live stream, fifth anniversary of live streams, by the way, this came out, the, like, the month before Breath of the Wild, 2017, guys, 2017 was an amazing year for video games, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um... So uh, the uh, Nier Automata fifth anniversary live stream event announced a television anime animation for the video game on Wednesday. Aniplex is producing the anime. Aniplex um, uh, developed Platinum Games. The action role-playing game was published by Square Enix on PlayStation Four, uh, Japan, February twenty seventeen. Followed by North America in March of that year. So it, it came out the same month as Breath of the Wild. Um, the game was also uh, released on PC in the same month on Xbox One in June twenty eighteen. Uh, the game serves as a sequel to the twenty ten game near a spin-off to the Dragon Guards game series. Um Jun Ishima penned a three volume light novel adaptation uh adaptation to the game's director Taro uh Yoko between August twenty seven and twenty eight and July twenty eighteen. Megumu Meguma Soromichi began drawing a manga adaptation of Taro Yoko's *Oga Onga Kugeki Yora version one point two stage play and in- wow, this fucker had a stage play of this. Jesus wow. Christ. Good good for Yoko Taro. Um, in manga up, web magazine Square Enix shipped the first one April twenty April. Uh, Ship shipped the first one on April twenty second. Um, so yeah, uh, and then like there's not much other than uh, it's a thirty second clip, um, and pretty much shows like some rough sketches and it just says Near Automata TV animation project start. Have you played Near Automata?
1: I have not, though I have played a bit of 2B since she was a guest character in Soul Calibur 6. But that's about okay. it.
0: Okay, so I'm not going to spoil anything because I feel like Nier Automata is one of those experiences like you have to experience yourself. It's a commitment for sure. But like I wonder what they're going to do because there's a lot of avenues they could take with this. And I yeah. really want to see... There's, I'll just say this. There's a lot of mindfuckery that goes on in Nier Automata. And I wonder how far they'll go with this this game. If any if anything, Nier Automata feels like a, a like an homage to Hideki Ano's Evangelion a little bit. Just a little bit. Um sorta of, sort of similar themes. So like I don't think Hideki Ano's attached to it, but like it'll definitely be in, influenced by it. I'm excited. I think this is really cool that this this game has like it it's spun off. I think it's got a mobile game now. Um, it did a, we got a, a remake of Nier, which is, it came out, near Replicant, I think, that came out last year, which was pretty good, and now we're getting an anime project. I think that's really cool out of it, that a game they probably put out that didn't expect to hit this hit this hard, you know?
1: Yeah, good for them. Um, uh, having a little niche game, uh, grow it to, uh, the heights of having its own TV show, much less an anime TV series produced by Aniplex of Fullmetal Alchemist fame. Exactly.
0: So uh, no, it doesn't. It, outside of Aniplex, do, like public, like distributing it, it doesn't say who's do, like what studio is working on it. So we'll probably ha- we probably won't hear about this for at least another year, uh, depending on, awesome. on who what animation studio is doing it. But who whoever get man, I'm excited. I'll I'll watch it, and I, I hope they bring back the video game voice actors. Like I think I think it's Kira Buckland who voiced yeah Kira Buckland who is uh, yeah.
1: Joel and Cujo in real life.
0: Yeah, uh, but she I think she voiced two B in. In Near Automata, I believe. Um, yes. I hope they bring back all those voice actors because it would be kind of weird
1: to recast those actors for like other, but they're VA, so like they, yeah. they work. For sure, like the Persona Five w- like work- anime, they did bring back the uh, English voice cast and the Japanese voice cast, respectively. So I don't, I don't see why not. All right, I
0: hope so. Um, okay, cool. So there you go. Not much to talk about on that one, but I just think I think it's really cool that we're getting a Near Automata anime, but the world of television doesn't just stop there. Um, uh, I don't know why I made a TV segment cause this is not about TV, but we have some rumors coming TVs. around. True. Uh, we have rumors going around that fallout new two is in reportedly in very early talks at Microsoft. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, fallout new Vegas, uh, fallout new Vegas, I should say fallout new Vegas two is in early talks. Um, Fallout New Vegas, uh, because I don't think a lot of people liked Fallout 3, or they thought Fallout 3 was too different. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but I know a lot of people swear by Fallout New Vegas, and those people, Obsidian, left Bethesda to go make the Outer Worlds, now one of my favorite games. So now, because they were, I guess they were um, still owned by um, Bethesda, uh, not Bethesda, but they were owned by ZeniMax maybe? Um, the overall company that owns Bethesda and a whole bunch of other stuff—they um, were purchased. It they were purchased from Microsoft as well. So that means that they have the same team under Bethesda, like in and Bethesda, in the same banner. And so now it seems like they want to make a Fallout New Vegas two. And like, um, let's see. Uh, speaking on the Premium Giant Bomb Show, Grub Stacks. Um. Uh, this is very early but people have began to talk and say these words and sentences and these are Obsidian and New Vegas 2 we're talking years and years away uh, there's at least an interesting interest con- uh, interesting conversations happening about making something like that an actual reality uh, grab at a lot of people at Microsoft think, think this could work and there's a lot of interest to make it happen follow New Vegas a 2010 action role playing game developed by Obsidian Entertainment published by Bethesda Softworks uh, it was a spinoff uh, back in uh, 2013 Obsidian CEO uh, Fyurgis Uckhart claimed that he was keen to create a sequel to New Vegas. She doesn't need us follow up. Oh, we'd love to do a follow-up New Vegas 2. It'd be awesome. If we think we're going to, from Fallout 1 to Fallout 2, we try to associate the two areas somewhat closely. It wasn't just that, oh, we're going to do 2,000 miles from here. So I, it, I think we, uh, we were to do Fallout New Vegas 2 or just do a Fallout. We would separate it from that eternal team as Bethesda's doing. Uh, we keep it on the West Coast because they're West Coast people. They're East Coast. It make so it makes sense. Microsoft acquired Obsidian in 2018. The corporation then ZeniMax Media um, uh, parent company, Bethesda Software 21. The move saw Xbox Game Studios go from 15 to 23 developers with the addition of Bethesda Game Studios, its software. So, um, obviously, I don't think we'll be getting... Like I, I think he's right because they've already announced the Outer Worlds and that will come out before this game even... I think even hits development, honestly.
1: Yeah, it'll be a long while before we get um, dream project like this, because lots of folks, uh, from, uh, the internet side of things, uh, have been clamoring for, like, a sequel to New Vegas for the longest time, and I've talked to a whole bunch of people that swear by New Vegas over the ap- the newer Fallout games, especially 76. Uh, good lord, oh, yeah. that game. Uh, nobody, nobody likes it. Even though I heard 76 is better, it's still not what you wanted of a Fallout game. The damage has already been done anyway. Uh, but yeah, um, the prospect is kind of cool. I'm not really keen on the series myself, but it is interesting at least. My only thing is this: like, like you, like why? Because you have like let
0: Bethesda make Fallout. Sure, I'm worried what this will do to the Outer Worlds because you they do very similar things. Granted, they are different IPs and different characters and different tones, but structurally they're very similar. So my concern is w- what will be what will happen to the outer worlds after that cuz I would love for um Obsidian just to make those games cuz I love that universe. And yeah. obviously we're getting a sequel, but what about after that? You know, like what what like who knows? Um I I I think that's the biggest concern, but I don't think we have to worry about this now. I think it'll be a while, but it's definitely something inter- it'll be something interesting to watch over the coming years. And to see how the Outer Worlds two does in comparison to say something
1: else, it'd be funny if there's an Outer Worlds two and uh, it was actually pitted against New Vegas two, and it actually does better.
0: Yeah, the thing is, I don't think that will happen because again, this is the same studio doing it. So yeah. if if anything, they won't release out the Outer Worlds two um, until. Um. It won't probably work on New Vegas 2 if it even happens until like Outer Worlds 2 comes closer to finishing, you know? Hmm. Alright, so uh, we're going to skip... Alright, next up, talking about... There was a surprise... Not a surprise, but there was a, it was officially Pokemon Day. They didn't announce it because of the events that are going on in the world right now. But they, they did a small live stream, um, which there was a couple of announcements. Number one uh alola pokemon are coming to uh pokemon go so there you go um and they they even show like uh alola um uh, what's his name the tall tree guy executive Uh, executive yeah so he's there um there's a pokemon master duel event i guess they're doing like a victory road kind of thing i never played master duel i can't even believe it's been out for two and a half years Um, it doesn't even feel like it's been out that long, but I don't play it. I don't know anybody who does play it, but hey, it's, apparently it has a player base. Um, um, let's see. Um, yeah, a lot of anniversary stuff, so that's cool for you if you play that game. Um, there's some Pokemon Cafe, uh, stuff, which actually looks pretty cool. Uh, I keep forgetting Pokemon has, like, mobile, mobile games that, like, they put effort into. It's really crazy. Yeah, right. Um, after that... Uh, there's a Pokemon Unite update that has uh, Hoopla from uh, Generation 6, I Hoopla. believe. Uh, yeah, he's coming in as a as as a Mon. Um, uh, Pokemon Day event, anybody can play as Hoopla using a limited license. So apparently it was like... Um, it's all, the event will run through March 14th. Um, so anybody, who can play, anybody can play as Hoopla for now. So there you go. I can't believe people play Pokemon Unite still. I feel like that game has kind of... Gone in the water, uh, but yeah, I feel like it, it kind has... of
1: petered out after a bit.
0: Yeah. Um, next up, we have a update to Brilliant Diamond uh, or not an update. Uh, you'll be able to receive a uh, Shaman uh, in uh, in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Um, I think it looks like it's a it's a mystery gift. So just go in go into your game. Yeah, mystery just like gift in and... the original
1: Diamond and Pearl. Uh, I don't know if they put in the Darkrai event. I haven't really been paying attention. I don't recall. Uh, and next up, we have an update for Pokemon
0: Arceus, or Pokemon Legends Arceus, um, and uh, it is, uh, called Daybreak, software version 1.10, um, and, uh, I tried to see, I thought I saw, like, a thing here, uh, they showed the new forms of Dialga and Palkia, which I hadn't seen before, Jesus Christ, those are terrifying, um...
1: Yeah, they're pretty similar to how Arceus look, as if they're trying to imitate God.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's like some like challenges, like one on one stuff with like your uh your party. Also there's a um a mystery gift waiting if you there where you get thirty ultra balls, thirty gigaton balls, and thirty jet balls by acquiring the mystery gift that's available to March thirty first of this year. It takes approximately two hours of play before the mystery gift feature is unlocked, so you gotta play the game before it's like so you won't be able to just turn it on and play so um after that um we get the shock of the century i think uh yeah so um a lot of people going into this said we're not gonna get gen 9 stop asking for gen 9 we just got Arceus. why would we get gen 9 now
1: and lo and fucking behold tyler what do we get we got a reveal trailer for Pokemon Violet and Pokemon Scarlet. I'm pretty sure and, it's in the reverse order.
0: In seemingly a Spain region, and it looks like, based on the trailer, it's going to be like Arceus, where it's going to be open world. Like, they really emphasize that. Like, it's, it looks like it's open. Um, and I can see a lot of areas that look like Arceus in this game, which is
1: fine. That's fine. I'm okay with that. By um, the way, for the record, the- I totally fucking called it.
0: Yeah, and then we got we saw one new Pokemon, which is this
1: stone thing. Um, I, I don't like, or maybe was that no, it was, was that not it, a, was, it was in Sword and Shield the stone guy. Okay, that's right.
0: I was like, is that new? So that we did not see outside of the starters, we did not see a single new Pokemon. Um, which they're keeping that close to the chest. They usually do that though. Um, but I do think this game looks even better than um. Legends Arceus
1: oh yeah there's definitely a bit more polish here uh, not exactly crazy about the main character designs if I'm going to be honest
0: no they look like I think they quote somebody on Twitter like somebody you would shove into a locker uh, <laughs> At like this is how near level the only thing I'm concerned about and again it's early so they could easily hopefully they can fix it is the frame rate the frame rate looks really really rough especially in those open areas yeah it really does so again, RC is looked off, and that game managed to get a solid frame rate running. So we'll see now that the game is going to have more stuff. Um, but also, we have not in any models, but we have our first look at our starters. Which uh, do you have the names of those starters? Um, uh,
1: I can pull them up real quick. All
0: right. Yeah, so uh, we have a we have a fire, uh, we have a grass cat, a a bean uh, crocodile monster thing, and then Donald Duck. Um, Alright,
1: so the fire crocodile is Fue Coco. Fue Coco. Um, the grass cat is Spirigatito. And the water duck who looks like Josuke Higashikata is Quaxly. Quaxly.
0: I hate that name because it reminds me of this annoying YouTuber named Quackity, so I will not pick the duck based on that fucking name alone. i it. I will name it you Josuke. Just, you can have that. You can have the duck. Okay, um. I won't lie, I think all these first ones, are, besides the duck's name, are really, really cool. Like, I think this is probably the first time for me since Generation 4 where, like, I don't know, besides the duck, <laughs> okay, besides the duck's name, um, I think his design is, is okay. I do like the pompadour-esque hair, yeah. um, which is which is fun, but I, I, I don't know if I, like, the grass cat looks like it could be great, but
1: there's that adorable dinosaur that looks great, too. Um, I'm not sure, man. Yeah, I think I saw Wolf Wolfkaosan say that it's gonna be Fire Ghost and be a Ghost Pepper. That would be fun. That would be fun. I don't think... I mean, there's been Fire Ghost. I think
0: Marowak was Fire Ghost in Yeah, Chandelier is one, too. There you go. That's the other one. I knew there was at least one other big one. Um, so yeah, I I was really surprised that Arceus just came out and already they were doing a new Pokemon game. Like, it feels... I think my, that's my only criticism, is that
1: it feels
0: so soon.
1: Yeah, I would have at least given it another year. Like, we just got Arceus, like, not even a month ago, and already they announced another big game. And not to mention, it's going to be a generation title as well. And hopefully this one will be uh, much smoother than Sword and Shield was. Uh yeah. Because if Arceus is anything to go by, then they definitely have a formula going here. Oh, for sure! If they can build on what made Arceus
0: uh, great, um, uh, then I think they have they, they and translate it to the main series. I think we have something special. I think it could be great. Um, it'll just be have to see like how open is this game. Like I think I I, I think I saw one wish It was that like what if you could tackle the gyms like. Less Zelda style in any way, but the levels scale, so maybe you fought a psychic gym leader who had like, it was like level 15, but your friend waited until the last time so they're like level 60 something. I, 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 want, I want true, if you're gonna do this, give me true freedom, let me go wherever the fuck I want, start round one, and then scale accordingly. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be down with that. Um... I do like that the region seems to be based off Spain. That that seems nice. We, um, uh, hope we'll get a lot of colors, a lot of festivals, stuff like that. So, um, and I like the name. So, uh, I I just wish you. I wish they would have said a coming holiday twenty twenty three, not holiday, not end of the year
1: twenty twenty two. But yeah, game I think it's
0: got, Yeah, they they gotta they gotta get a game out, I guess, and that's that's it. So. Uh, it's a long way, and that's plenty of time to still enjoy Arceus, so it's not like Arceus isn't... I think Arceus is going to be its own thing. I don't... Um, so I think it's time to enjoy it and then enjoy the main series. Uh, so yeah, let us know your thoughts on Generation 9 and what you want to see from it. Moving on. Um... <laughs> Someone bought Silent com to troll Konami. Um, wow. So Silent Hill publisher Konami seemingly uh, allowed the series domain name to expire and someone bought it just to make fun of the company. Now, display this SilentHill.com displays a single real tweet from Silent Hill 2 and 3's art director Masahiro Ito who said he regrets designing the series' iconic villain Pyramid Head. Uh, the change was spotted by PC Gamer which is also noted that Konami failed to renew the Silent Hill domain in 2019 but was able to buy it back again in that instance. While it doesn't say why he regrets creating Pyramid Head, PC of Gamer also acknowledges that the developer tweeted previously that uh, that for Konami to use Pyramid Head in so many titles makes Pyramid Head cheaper. Before deleting the post, Konami currently has a page for Silent Hill series on its own website, so maybe best to be that way. And maybe uh, that way that the company doesn't want to need need to own SilentHill.com. But it's still not the best look either, as users on Reddit pointed out last year. The site was seemingly used to, used to respond to memes around Resident Evil Village's Lady Dimitri, Dimitri. Uh Silent has been dormant since 2012, with the series featuring eight mainline games, starting with the original in 1999 uh, and ending on Silent Hill Downpour in 2012. The series has reared its again in 2014 when comedy released PT, a playable teaser for the new game. Obviously, we were there. I I feel like this is a non-disclosure, but I do kind
1: of find it funny though. Just the fuck with yeah, Konami, it's pretty hilarious. Seeing how they're doing absolutely nothing with this IP, uh, it is kind of funny being uh, uh, brought up again in the mainstream. I agree. Uh, not much to say here other than it's pretty funny.
0: But it just reminded me that like I'm not I'm not, I'm not a Silent Hill fan, but. It kind of sucks at the state that it's in. That we're yeah. probably you're, you're probably not going to get another game uh, at this rate. But oh well, uh, I think it's been a it got Tyler. It, it's been eight years since PT was a thing, which I can't even believe it's been that long. Um John, we're old. Okay, so uh, final bit of news before we move on to our news topic, of, our, our big top of the night. Um, Twisted Metal TV series lands uh, at Peacock, and it's going to be starring Anthony Mackie. Which I can't believe that's in the same sentence. Wow. Uh, the Twisted Metal TV show has had a Peacock with a series ordered um, by Variety, as previously announced. Anthony Mackie will star in a, uh, will star in an executive producer series, which is based. Oh, they <laughs> Variety misspelled base. Um, they forgot the S, which is based on the video game franchise of the same name. The show was first reported as being developed back in February 2021. The half hour action comedy will see Mackie play John Doe a smart-ass milkman who talks as fast as he drives. With no memory of his past, John once gets gets a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make his wish of finding community uh, come true, but only if he can survive onslaught of savage vehicle, com- vehicle combat. With the help of a trigger-happy car thief, he'll face savage marauders driving vehicles of destruction and other dangers of the open road, including a deranged clown who drives an all-too-familiar ice cream truck. Um, the show is based on the original take by Reed Riss and Paul Wernick. Michael Johnson Smith, so as the writer, showrunner, executive producer. Um, let's see, Twisted Metal, yeah, global phenomenon. First released on PlayStation in 1995. Um, I forgot that they were making a Twisted Metal TV series.
1: Yeah, I honestly didn't hear anything about Twisted Metal being a TV show at all. Honestly.
0: Um, I mean, I heard about it, but like, I, I obviously things with TV they go go dark for years before you hear anything. So it's, it's kind of, it, to me, I thought it was like weird, but like, I, I wonder how, like, cause like, I, I played a little bit of Twisted Metal back in the day on the PlayStation one. I, I think I even played Twisted Metal Black on the PS2. Um, and that series has always struck me as like Mortal Kombat, but cars. And I wonder how violent they're going to be. Cause it
1: doesn't feel like a show that Peacock would promote. It feels so odd. I'd imagine that it would probably be like on the PG thirteen scale, like uh the original Mortal Kombat movie was. Uh, but if they but as far as I'm aware, um uh, there is some stuff in Twisted Metal proper that is prime for uh mainstream storytelling. Like the stuff behind uh, Needles, the driver of uh the Sweet Tooth ice cream truck, has a bit of lore behind them. So I figured that would be pretty interesting to see in like a live action format.
0: Yeah, I who knows. It'd be interesting to bu- the budget for it and um I I think it's kind of like okay, you're not going to make Sweet Tooth the main character cuz even though he's the mascot, but he'll probably be the he's a chaos serial murder, bro. Yeah, I know. Which is like why do the, the show anyways? That's what I'm like how how dark is this going to get? Like this is this is murder dudes on vehicles like I if if this was on HBO Max, I could believe it. If this was on, like, even Netflix, I could believe it. But Peacock, it just... When you see... When you go to Peacock's library, you see what they have. It just doesn't fit. But, uh, who knows? Um, um... And then, uh... Let's go ahead and head to our topic of the day. And also, a little... Bit of this is that we have an announcement from Evo. Um... Uh, First, it's a it's a simple tweet with an image, which I got to remember to send to Justin. I'm gonna go ahead and put that link in our Discord. Um, There we go. Um, That please join us on March 8th at 5 p.m. Pacific Time at Twitch.tv's Evo for the 2022 Announcement Show. While we're thankful for all the amazing games joining us later this year in Las Vegas, we wanna let you know in advance that Super Smash Brothers will not be making return appearance. Since 2007, we've seen a historic Super Smash Brothers moments created at Evo's events. We are saddened that Nintendo has chosen not to continue that legacy with us this year. In the future, we hope to once again celebrate the Super Smash Brothers community alongside them. So, obviously, Smash was um, not at Evo the past three years because the first year Evo was canceled um, in 2020. Um, and then uh, 2021, it was an online-only event. Of course, Smash's netcode is awful, so why would you invite it? Yeah, and then now it's not going to be at Evo this year because Nintendo said, "Nah, we don't want our game there."
1: Uh, I forget. Was it last year where uh, a whole bunch of uh, Smash players were being exposed as like completely awful? That was like the year before. Like
0: that was twenty nineteen. Oh, okay. Um, so like that was that was tw- I was either that was that was twenty nineteen. So before the pandemic like all happened. Um, gotcha. So I I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it has to do more with the fact that like Smash is done, so like fuck off! Like we don't want to, we don't want to. Like if they have nothing to remote the game with, we don't want you We don't want you to play our game in front of people like that.
1: Yeah, I suppose there is a bit of merit in that, but it does kind of suck to not see a big game like Smash Brothers be uh, represented in one of the biggest fighting game tournaments uh, out there.
0: Yeah, and, and when you talk about that, like, Smash isn't just, like, a like Ultimate and Melee did, like, gangbusters. They do bigger than some of the more traditional fighting games there. So, it's it's really unfortunate that, like, Nintendo would be just like, nah, fuck y'all. Fuck you, fuck your prize money, fuck your, uh, fuck your community. You can't play our game on the biggest stage of their all because we don't want to give you permission to do that.
1: Yeah, really For, unfortunate.
0: And, and and do you think that obviously we know that Sony now owns a stake in Evo, and while Sony has put out a statement that like we welcome all games from Microsoft to Nintendo, we can do anything. Um, why do you do you think the fact that Sony is basically has a stake in their games that they make money off of Evo now that they that might be a reason Nintendo didn't want to put the game in. Interesting. Do you think that's that's why, or do you think it's just that Nintendo's just being Nintendo, and they're just being selfish with their IP?
1: Uh, it's possible that uh, that could be the case. Uh, although, it, it, uh, I see it as, like, they're probably uh, withholding... Um, being in the the limelight for uh, Evo this time because they probably have their own online event either that or they probably don't want their IPs under the uh, the competitive limelight uh, to begin with True I, uh, I say that but Splatoon 3, 3 is going to be a thing so I don't know Right and
0: and it and also they do they did announce a Smash World Tour event with Panda Global at the be- at the end of last year the beginning of this year so they clearly have and it wasn't just for ultimate; it was for both ultimate and melee. So it feels um, like it feels like mixed messaging when they're gonna do that, but they won't let it be at Evo. Like it, it feels weird. It really does. Like um, it's, it's probably because Nintendo can manipulate—not manipulate, but like basically ask pad the global more on a more closer level to like, hey, we want our event to be done this way. Versus Evo is a open community thing and they they aren't necessarily beheld in to Nintendo to run smash a particular way.
1: Hmm.
0: So who knows? I think it sucks. Um, I don't I personally don't like competitive smash. I find competitive smash ultra boring at yeah. high level. It's just it's just not it, Stop playing on Animal Crossing, guys. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry. Um uh uh, at the same time, I know a lot of people do love high competitive smash and I will respect high level smash. So it's, I think it sucks that it's not going to be there this year in a, in like the first arguably the first, the big offline FGC event since, oh God, like tw- whatever, what at the end of 2019, whatever that, whatever that was like, um, like the second, maybe the second half of 2019, whatever, whatever event in the fall that was, I have no idea. Yeah, it's been a while since I
1: saw that one.
0: Well, any event, like any event that happened before 2020, um, yeah. like like a huge event. So, who knows? Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see what game. I'll be interested to see what games are going to be on there. Are going to make EVO's uh, games list? How many games are going to put there, and you know all this stuff. But I think that's a good place to stop. Um, any final thoughts on Smash not being at Evo? Uh, not particularly. Okay, guys. Uh Again, apologies apologize for the shirt show, but we've got an hour's worth of content. Again, probably would have been a bong or if Justin was here, but I think this can't happen that way.
1: Um Tyler, can you please plug your stuff with the people? You can follow me on Twitter at HeyIt'sThatTy. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, home of tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure. Also on that YouTube channel, I have posted the first part of the highlights reel from... Uh, Nero the Hero and I's duels in Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. I put a lot of work into it in the past day. I'm really happy with how it came out. Part 2 will come out relatively soon. And uh, for even more Yu-Gi-Oh! related shenanigans, I stream weekly on twitch.tv slash shoes one on Sunday evenings at 7pm Central Standard Time, or 8 if I'm feeling particularly lazy. So check that out if you like.
0: And you can follow me at Twitter.com slash MarvelousIggy. And uh, I stream live four times a week at Twitch.tv slash iggy two eight one four. That's Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, you can go to our to listen to this episode and other app Charter episodes. As well as Cinema Shot, which I do with Tyler. And, of course, the rest of the watch logs I do with Thomas. Uh Thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, we'll be back to normal Strike next week, or at least we should be. Uh, I'm Marvel Ziggy, and no matter what,
1: guys, stay charged. Peace out, everyone.